Yeah. It's time, baby. He's a very tall man who really loves tunes. Can you climb the mountain? Will you be approved? It's the Mountain Jew Review. It's the Mountain Jew Review. Welcome to the Mountain Jew Review. Let's just jump in. Ladies oh. and gentlemen, boys and girls, YouTubers, Facebookers, Mountaineers, today I am beyond excited for this one. Um, I got one of my favorite underground artists on here. I met him through a couple nerdcore artists, uh, Mega Ran, shout out to him. Um, first album I found, Mr. Felix. The cat, Dangato here, uh, Bag of Tricks cat, he's out of Arizona, I found him on Emerald Nights, he was with Mega Ran, just tearing it up, um, so we got him in here, I see him a few years back at, oh, I don't even remember the club, but it was on the Mighty Blunts tour, which was an awesome, awesome, awesome concert, I met a bunch of good independent artists through there, um, I just want to jump right in here. What got you into uh, doing music? Uh, I mean, I've always been around music because my grandma was a singer um, back during like the Cole Porter era. Um, she did a lot of like big band stuff like on the East Coast. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I always uh, heard like her recordings and stuff and saw pictures of her performing. Um, and then I, you know, I really just like music. Um, I started getting really into hip hop, uh, probably around when I was like that 10, around 10 years old. And um, yeah, by the time I was like 12, 13, um, I started, you know, writing my own raps and stuff. And then, you know, just one thing kind of led to another and fast forward you know 15 16 years and now we're here <laughs> oh yeah and and you do more than just just write raps and you're more than just a rapper hip-hop artist you do engineering i mean you have a a phenomenal yeah. studio down there um yeah. you've done music for whitney payton and just countless others uh, like again i found uh odd squad family because of things that you've shared and worked with. Um, Justice is another amazing artist that I found that you were doing. You've done a lot of work with Justice, which I, I really enjoy him. He's a excellent, excellent guy. Um, I kind of want to jump back to talking about your grandma because I, I know a bit about you. Our audience kind of might just start learning about you here in town in Omaha. Um, I know that your grandma's a huge inspiration on you um rumor has it that she did a theme song for a certain show 
Yeah, so the reason, like, you know, Felix the Cat is a big thing for me is because she sang the 1959 uh, Felix the Cat theme song uh, for the cartoon in both English and Spanish. And so, um, you know, that's something that always followed her uh, wherever she went. Uh, she was originally on the East Coast, and when uh, my family moved to Arizona uh, in the 80s, it was a big deal that like she came to the valley and stuff and, and a lot of uh, local press and stuff uh, wrote cover stories about her and, and featured her um, in different magazines and things like that. Um, but yeah, like she she was always around me growing up. I mean, she even did um, she even did the hooked on phonics. She had she did a version of it back in the day. Oh, uh, awesome. And so, like, I learned, uh, ironically, I learned all, like, the rhyming families and stuff uh, through my grandma and her voice. Um, so, you know, it kind of was foreshadowing in a way and a precursor that I'd be, uh, end up doing what I'm doing. That's awesome. I, I really enjoy that story because, um, again, there's um, the cat that never came down, one of your first CDs that came out. There's a lot of your grandma in there. Um, like when I first seen you perform, you did more of a spoken word kind of thing with some of your poetry towards your grandma, which was just awesome. I really dig that. So when you first got into doing music and kind of started recording, um, how'd you get into doing that? Were you just doing it in a computer in your basement or were you going over to a buddy's house? Yeah, so I mean, when I, first 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 started recording I was like 12 years old and um I'd take a little um a little cassette player and I'd put a blank cassette in there and then um uh, a friend of mine he would like make a beat like on a keyboard with a drum loop and then just like do like you know just little like loops with the with the keys and yep. so just wrap in between like the keyboard and the uh and the uh cassette recorder and I think about everybody our age had one of them wonderful casios that drove our parents nuts yeah so that's that's how i originally started and then like maybe like a year or two later um i started like downloading uh beats off of limewire I don't know if uh, the people out there remember LimeWire and stuff, but basically you got free music in return for giving your computer aids. Yep, 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 yep. Napster was uh, before that, and then LimeWire. We uh, yeah. So I, I downloaded, and, and you kind of dated yourself when you actually mentioned physical tapes. Um, oh so yeah. I get, I've interviewed some younger artists on here, and they talk about their tapes, their their mixtapes and stuff. And I kind of chuckle and I'm like, if it's on a computer, it's not a mixtape, but. I was really recording to tape in the beginning. And then I got, uh, I got audacity on my uh, desktop and was downloading uh, beats um, for like, from, from some of my favorite songs at the time. Um, and then just like making remixes and stuff and burning them to a CD. And then like, when I got to high school, like I ended up, meeting a friend who had a mac an imac which you know not a lot of kids had like macs and stuff and oh yeah and he had a small like little mbox interface and a, a cheap like dynamic microphone that like he jimmy rigged up to like you know like a, a shelf in his room 
and stuff. And so, like, that's when, like, I started, like, you know, getting, I guess, a little better, like, uh, recording, like, with an interface and getting original beats made and stuff. And when I was 16, like, I started pressing CDs and started doing concerts uh, in the Valley and Phoenix and, and the surrounding areas. And then uh, by the time I graduated high school, um, everybody told me like, yo, like you gotta go to college, you gotta go to college. I really didn't wanna go, but I ended up going to the community college uh, here and uh, Glendale Community College. I'm from Glendale, just outside of Phoenix. And uh, I took audio there and um, I quickly realized like, oh man, like I'm not gonna be able to really record myself right now and get it the way I want it to sound because I can't afford you know, everything that you really need to um, to do it the correct way. But fortunately for me, um, you know, I didn't know it, but my older cousin, he had been recording for years off of Pro Tools and um, making music and stuff. And he had just uh, transitioned uh, out of his regular nine to five and uh, started up the studio uh, at his home in his garage he you know laid down wood floors and treated it and built a booth and stuff and so um i found out that my cousin was doing that and so i ended up recording over at my cousin's a lot and that's where like the uh you know the first stuff that i really put out there you can't really find anything that predates like the cat that never came down and stuff and and that's for good reason <laughs> but, i just say it's it was when i first discovered you it kind of it was real hard to find any of your music that's that explained a lot yeah so anything before the cat that never came down which is 2013 um you know bc before coronavirus <laughs> uh is is hard to track down um i'm not really proud of it <laughs> but i uh i anything from 2013 on you could find and that's where you could hear like a lot of my first uh stuff that i put out and then you know over time um in 2016 right after uh cats out the bag came out um we got this commercial building and then uh my cousin got a room and then you know we always talked about me having my own room and so uh, i got my own room and uh yeah i've been in this building uh with my studio and stuff and with my cousin since uh 20 september 2016. nice and 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 the best part is is as i've been watching you on facebook you just watch your studio grow and improve and that's one of the one of the great things about you is that you just constantly improve things and that's yes. it's it's you know there's always uh things you can do to make it better and i really like um the engineering side of things as well as you know making music like being the artist but um i i have passions for both and on the engineering side of things i really love uh gear i really love analog gear um i think it makes the world of a difference um with sound and uh so yeah i'm always investing into the studio um and getting new things and upgrading things um and the great thing about it too is it doesn't depreciate um you know good gear doesn't depreciate in value it actually stays the same or it goes up and it goes down. up sometimes because uh sometimes they become rare good pieces of equipment yeah 
and and it's happened to my cousin before too. He bought a, a Sony C800G, which is like an iconic microphone, and um, it's uh, it's ten thousand bucks to buy new. He bought it uh, like in 2017, and then when the pandemic hit, they actually stopped producing them. Yeah, uh, they recently started making them again, but they stopped producing them. And so the price skyrocketed, and he sold his for twenty two thousand to Miley, Miley Cyrus's engineer. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe we'll get another wrecking ball off it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and speaking of engineering and the artist side of things, it's real cool because you are definitely the the biggest artist I've had on my podcast, which I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Um, I'm here, man. It's awesome because you have hit billboards not only as an artist, but you also hit the billboard charts as an engineer, which is really cool to be able to say that, you know, not necessarily, and, and it's all independent. That's what's what I love about it is that, you know, you're independently funded. You're not a big major record label by any means, you know, so it's just respect the underground, you know, it's it's really cool. Yeah, um, you know, and I mean, that's just from working with really talented people and good people, you know, um, like, uh, yeah, it's the, the projects that have charted that I engineered uh, was uh, Justice's album um, and then Whitney Payton's uh, last album uh, with uh, Gina Fritz. They have a duo called Keyed Up. Yep. I, I mixed uh, half of that project and then um yeah mega rands a uh, new one that just came out like last week live um, 95 yeah, five which i recorded and i mixed one of the songs it was mainly mixed by matt weiss but i recorded everything nice and and, and mega Rands definitely one of my all-time favorites because he's the whole reason i even discovered you was just you know through and See Lars, I found Mega Ran. They went on tour together, and then Mega Ran I listened to, and then one day just happened to stumble upon Emerald Knights, and I was like, "Oh, who's this other cat with them?" And then it's like, "Oh, it's Bag of Tricks cat." And then from there, I just went on a snowball, and and it's just been a fun discovery. Like you've done music with with countless of uh, bizarre from D12. You got a song out in the music video with. Um, I have so twelve. Um... Yeah, that I mean, that was a cool experience because uh, I went out to Detroit and was in the studio with them for almost a week. Oh, now that is that's awesome. So it's not like it was just a feature mailed to you either. You actually got to go hang out with them. That is cool. Yeah, that? we were uh, they were making uh, the Devil's Night two the mixtape. So it was like a sequel to like their their iconic album Devil's Night. And uh, yeah, like me and Bizarre, we we had a good relationship at the time um and uh he invited me out there um to to do the song with them and uh to shoot a video uh my my videographer who sent a lot of my video work uh came out there with me and shot a video for them off of their mixtape and stuff and we hung out for almost a week and it was a really cool experience um you know it's kind of like a uh kind of like a 180 thing where you know you I because I grew up you know 
looking up to those dudes like they were gods. You know? Oh yeah. And yep. so, you know, 12, 12 year old me would be proud of me. <laughs> oh yeah. It was probably hard not to fanboy up on him. I can totally see that happening. It's. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I was, I was just trying to process everything that was happening, but nah, I, uh, I'm really good about not fanboying and stuff. No, and, and it had to be really humbling that they want, you know, somebody that you look up to and kind of idolize and thought, man, they're dope as shit. And then turn around to find out they think you're dope as shit has to be probably one of the coolest feelings in the world. Yeah, it was, it was really dope. And uh, I'm really thankful for the experience. That's awesome. Um, So I kind of want to dive into when you first, what was your first um Grammy nomination like? How did that feel? Because so, uh, again, to our audience, um, he's a twice Grammy nominated uh, so artist here. So nominated, so it's in consideration for in consideration of of an in consideration he, for a nomination. So when the Grammys is a is a multiple process thing, and so first uh, each category has about a hundred or more. Um, different uh albums and songs um so like for example like best rap album best rock album like each of those have like about a hundred or more songs and albums that that are up for consideration and then what happens is grammy voters vote out of those projects and and those songs and then the top five are what end up getting nominated and then Grammy voters come and vote again out of those five, and then that's what wins. So I've been in consideration for multiple nominations over the course of a couple of years. Um, the first time was with Emerald Knights 2 um, with Mega Ran, and we were really excited when that happened. Um, I think it was the first time for both of us. And um, yeah, just... Uh, going to the Grammys uh, was just like a dream, you know, it doesn't even seem real. Uh, I went with uh, my cousin Brian, uh, who engineered the project, and yeah, it's just a blast. It's, it's really an experience, and you know, I'm really grateful for uh, the experience of being able to go. That, that's really awesome. And and again, just the fact that, you know, for you to be an independent artist, to be able to put your effort forward and to be able to go that far is awesome. And it's it, a lot of it has to do with surrounding yourself around the right people and good people. And so, yeah, you got to surround yourself with good people and, and talented people. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And sometimes it's hard to find someone who's both. You know, sometimes you'll find somebody who's really talented, but is a total dickhead, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then sometimes oh, yeah. you'll, you'll meet the nicest person, but man, like they just need some work. So like, you know, when you find, uh, you know, really talented and good people to work with, you know, you stick with them. Definitely. And, and that's a lesson our, our local audience here can learn. Guys, you know, you put in good effort, you put in good work and you work well with other people. You can... I mean, just ask them. You can do it. You can go places, you know, whether whether or not you win one or not. It's still 
awesome to know as an independent artist you were able to get to that level yeah, which is going to win one one day at least get to the full nomination <laughs> you know but one day like i i think it'll happen i don't know when but before i'm dead it, it'll happen <laughs> especially if there's an emerald knights three because honestly between you and ran you guys just just keep getting better and better and better but yeah, once it's three man like literally like everybody like whoever interviews me or or talks to me or meets me for the first time or the first thing they say is man what when's emerald knights three coming it's and you you two have <laughs> such amazing chemistry together and and again that's why when i found emerald knights and listened to it i was like oh man who's this other guy and then you know a snowball effect and then emerald knights two come out and i was so excited for that one like i was just ecstatic and that was cool and then uh you know yeah, then, like both both of those projects were really fun to make i mean the first one we recorded while we were on tour in europe and then the second one was like right when i got the studio going like we recorded that one and you know we're always talking about emerald knights 3 um you know but it's something like like we we feel like we really set the bar high with Emerald Knights too, because um, it did really well and, and people really like those songs and we really like those songs. So I think like we're a little uh, a little more cautious going into three than we were into part two, because part two, like we were like, oh, man, like part one's cool, but like there we could do better like there, there's. You know, and and part one has its has its songs on there. You know, there's some good songs on there um, that we both really like. But we knew that we could come with number two and really make a a big difference um, sonically and skill wise and everything uh, compared. One to of my favorite songs on there is "Get Out of the '90s." <laughs> Everybody loves. I mean, and a lot of a lot of times I play that and everybody's like, why are they? And I'm like, it's not a diss towards it at all. I said, it's it's them guys telling you to evolve. You know, it's not, yeah. not it's, it's not saying, oh, you're old school. It's saying let's evolve the art even further, which I really like because you're paying homage to the old school, but pushing new school, which is cool about this song. I mean, we thought it was like when we made that song, we uh it's kind of an oxymoron, you know what I mean? Because we're telling rappers to to get out of the 90s and stuff, but we're rapping on like a 90s boom bap beat yep. in like, you know, the cadence and flow of, of 90s style rappers and stuff. And, and so it's just a it's just an oxymoron um, and a really fun record that I think uh, like hip hop elitists uh, end up taking too seriously and stuff but we wanted to kind of you know have a little bit of controversy tied to that record and stir the shit pot a little bit um and get people talking and it did it did that it, um, it really did because i when i play it for other people they're kind of like well what is it and i'm like just listen and enjoy it like figure it out it's it's a it's not it's not what you think it is yeah i mean it's usually like in people's top three favorites of, of me around so um yeah i mean we just have really great chemistry in the studio like you said because i've been working with megaran now uh this upcoming year will be 10 years i've been i've been making music with him and stuff so 
we have a lot of years together in the studio and like I see him on a weekly basis, you know, I mean, I'm recording, I'm recording everything that he does uh, for the most part, you know, 95% of it is, is me recording it. And then about half of it I'm mixing, um, you know, and so, um, you know, besides just the, uh, us making like raps together and stuff like we're in the studio all the time. So like that spark never goes away, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, like you guys are at organically we, friends, you know? So it, it, and it comes out in your music, which is just, again, it, it's really, you two have to be my favorite duo together. Like I love Megaran and MC Lars, but I think your two chemistry is more of a, um we we push a hip hop connection to where you're pushing each other to get better. And yeah, when it's when other, it's Lars and and, yeah, and it's other, a lot of nerd stuff. Uh, that like you wouldn't normally expect. Like there'll be times where like Rand like, you know, is he'll push me to like the more upbeat side of things. Like he'll be like, yo, like Let's do something like a little more upbeat and it will kind of take me out of my comfort zone. And then sometimes like with Ran, I'll be like, yo, like, yo, like you need to cut their heads off on this song. Like, I know you don't normally do that, but that's what you need to do. And so we kind of take each other out of our comfort zone sometimes. You know what I mean? And I think uh, I think with Emerald Knights 3, like, you know, and people get a taste of, of, you know, I think what Emerald Knights 3 will sound like uh, by just listening to like some of just the collabs that that me and Mega Ran have done, you know, since Emerald Nights 2. I mean, we've done, you know, I, I don't know how many songs, at least a, a, a song or two a year together. You know what I mean? Whether I'm on his project or he's on mine or, or you it's know. just a single or something. Yeah. So, you know, like we, we're still making music together and stuff. It's just not necessarily Emerald Nights 3. But I mean, like I said, me and Mega Ran, we always talk about it. Um, and it's something that is going to happen. And, you know, there's a strong chance of it happening, like in 2022, you know what yeah. I mean? There, there's a really strong chance of that happening, I think. Um, but yeah, like we're not, uh, we're not going to rush it. I know. Cause we want it, we want it to be a big deal. We want it to be an event. And, and definitely with the whole pandemic and everything else, I can totally see kind of holding off on making a big hurrah about it because i'm telling you i need you back in omaha (laughs) yeah man i'll make it out there again at some point because again the last time i got to see you was oh shit when was this uh uh fall of 2016 probably yeah yep october yep 13th yeah i was touring cats out the bag when I did that tour. Yep. And uh um let's see, I think um let's see what is last words I gotta hear and now I can't remember. But last words was probably one of my favorite ones we did live. That was that was a good song live. Oh yeah that's uh that's the song I don't pull out too often. No, and 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 we got we got it. It was cool. It's one of the, it's one of my favorite music videos by you too. Because again, I can see why you said that that Mega Ran makes you go all happy and bright and kind of 
you know, to the the upbeat side because, you know, when you look at songs like Last Word, you definitely get you get aggressive and and kind of in your face with it. But it's a really, really, really good song. It's it's one of my favorites that you've done. Thank you, man. I know it's kind of an older song, but it's definitely one of my favorite ones. That and uh, your song with Bizarre and Justice. Oh, oh it, and and the marijuana anthem. Everybody <laughs> got like that. I mean, it's a weed yeah, song. I'll... Everybody likes weed songs. Cats out the bag. So, do you have any kind of solo album planned, or you just kind of? Well, right now. Uh... Tomorrow, actually, me and me and Ran are dropping a single off of uh, a solo project that I have coming out December third called Milk and Vodka. Yeah, uh, and so I got that coming out. It's an EP. It's uh, entirely produced by um, Andy Vaca. Vaca Gravis is what he goes by. Um, really great uh, producer and engineer um, out of LA. He's he's really from Tucson. He lives out in LA, but. Um, yeah, he's he just been sending me beats and stuff, and uh, you know, man, like a lot of chemistry we had uh, just you know working over email and remotely, um, and so yeah, we put together this project, um, which I'm excited about. I which think I got pre-ordered on Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah, it's it's available for pre-order on iTunes and stuff. Um, December third, that'll come out. As far as a full LP. Man, like, I really haven't done a lot of, like, solo, like, LPs. Like, I'm usually putting out, like, EPs and smaller projects. Even, like, my albums. Like, the longest album I have is Cats Out the Bag. And then, like, Felix Chevrolet is, like, eight songs. And it's still considered an album, but it's on the cusp. Um, but, yeah. Speaking of Felix Chevrolet, uh, I did kind of want to mention that one, too. That caused some controversy a while back. Um, yeah, I just kind of want to touch basis on that. Uh, Mr. Bag Tricks Cat decided to do a album artwork that he had gotten permission for, and then, well, I'll let you tell the story. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I was putting out this album called Felix Chevrolet, and uh, I had uh, Donji Designs, who's really dope. He's done a lot of stuff for me and Mega Ran. Uh, both. Um, he drew the artwork for it, and it was me sitting on top of the iconic Felix Chevrolet dealership in Los Angeles. And um, I was out in LA for the Grammys for the Emerald Knights 2, and I decided, like, yo, like, I'm going to go to Felix Chevrolet because I want to see if I can shoot a music video there. And so I went to the dealership and I asked for, you know, talk to the GM. And the GM came out and, um, you know, I kind of gave him a background about who I was and who my grandma was and everything. And I showed him the artwork and what I was putting out. And he is ecstatic. He is like, oh, this is so cool. You know what I mean? And I was like, yo, um, I really want to shoot a music video here at the dealership. Well, I need to do to do that. He said, you know, I have no problem with you shooting the music video. Just uh, reach out to us in advance and uh, just pay to um, be insured for the liability. And I said, OK, great. And so um, I looked into the insurance that I'd need and it was ridiculous. Like it was like 
three or four grand for like the day. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, I'm not going to spend all that money on the insurance to go cost more than, you know, driving out there and, and, you know, paying my video, everything. So turn it into a $10,000 music video. Yeah. It, it just was too much money. So like, I just didn't do the music video and I was promoting the album. It was going to be coming out. Um, I, I went out there in February and, uh, the album was coming out, uh, sometime in April. Um, and so I was promoting it and everything and, and the dealership online was really supportive. I mean, they, they, uh, you know, like my statuses and they left like some flame emojis, you know what I mean? <laughs> stuff, like, so I had the, the support of the dealership. I even tagged them in, in some of the posts and stuff. And, um, then the album came out and, uh, then, you know, like a week and a half later, like the album charted and it charted really high. It did really well. And, um, maybe like two weeks after that, I just randomly got this, uh, message, uh, from the GM saying that, uh, you know, he told me that I couldn't, uh, use the likeness of the dealership and the artwork and stuff and they want to take if i don't cease and desist then they're going to take legal action and you know just a bunch of bs and you know it's really to me it's because they saw that you know it charted and it and it was doing well and they thought that i just got a bunch of money you know what i mean and and oh yeah 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 because you had a they felt like a bunch of streams on top of that they number one they thought i got a bunch of money and number two they thought that the reason it was successful was because of them when you know it's it's not it's because of me (laughs) and your music yeah so uh a lot of uh press picked it up especially here in phoenix um phoenix new times arizona republic uh Lots of press picked it up and I had to take down the project. And then shortly after I uh, put it out again, I, I pixelated the cover and I changed the C to an S. And that was like the nicest way, like I could tell them to go fuck themselves. So, and that's what I loved about it. I liked that you just pixelated it and threw it back up instead of redesigning the cover for it. To me, that was just absolutely awesome. It was yeah. like, you know, screw you guys. I was being you know what I mean? Like I, I was being censored and like, man, like you could go online and you could like, if you just, even just on Instagram, if you just look up Felix Chevrolet, like as a hashtag and stuff, you'll see people that aren't Felix Chevrolet, like printing actual t-shirts and merch and oh, yeah. you know, making artwork and doing all this and selling it. And man, like, I don't see none of them getting ceased and desist. And you they're know probably I mean? making more money than you were on your streams. Yeah, they were just picking on me. And, like, it ended up being bad for them because, like, the history of Felix the Cat, you know what I mean? And, and my yep. background, you, you chose the wrong one. And all it did was make them look like the morons that they are. So, Considering that you had legit history behind it, you know, that's yeah. that's what made them look oh. bad. And that, and I just liked your whole response to it. I mean, you're going to censor me, I'll censor myself, you dicks. Yeah, I like. So I was like, yeah, is this what you want? <laughs> it picks like, the music's still there. I'm still streaming and I'm still going hard. 
So yeah, it's uh, it's a fun story. A lot of people ask me about that too. Um, I really wasn't tripping though when when they sent me that. I was more like, huh? Like they really want to go? Like okay. And uh, yeah, I just made the most out of it. And um, you know, it is what it is because after that happened, I mean, the streams and and the sales, everything went up. Everything went up for oh, yeah. Again. As soon as things started, like, you know, dying down for it, it just picked it right back up. So, and then they had, the cash. they had the nerve to, to, um, a, uh, a couple, like maybe like a two months or so afterwards, after like, uh, you know, the cease and desist, everything So they're, they're one of their salespeople reached out to me, asking me if I wanted to buy a vehicle from them. <laughs> oh, now that is hilarious. Oh, you should have been like, you want to buy a couple copies of this album? I was like, yo, like, I ain't buying shit from y'all. Y'all better give it to me. I'll take a picture uh, and tell. That is hilarious. That that really just made my night. I did not know that little tidbit of information about that story. That's yeah. that's that's pretty cool. So, um, I kind of want to just uh, ask, what's your favorite part of what what do you enjoy the most do you enjoy writing lyrics creating beats engineering kind of a hodgepodge of it all yeah i don't make beats but okay i um yeah like i really enjoy making songs and writing songs i really enjoy being in the studio and uh, being part of the whole process of making songs and, and playing with gear and, and making things sound good. I really uh, enjoy live performances. I enjoy going on stage and getting that rush of performing. All right. Um, so um, do you like doing basically everything in the studio, which is cool as shit? Um, let's uh, drop down to... If you had a chance to collab with three people, any genre of music that could be uh, alive or dead, who would you uh, want to do a collab with? I mean, I know you've done with tons of people already and you got Knockout D12 uh, and stuff. Man, uh, Snoop Dogg, um, 50 Cent, and... I mean, if anything is in the realm of possibility, Eminem. But yeah, Snoop Dogg, 50, and M. I know that M. You already had D12. M and 50, I know, are. Oh, no, don't tell me it's cutting out again. I see you. I hear you. Do you hear me? Yep, I can still hear you. All right, cool. I don't know what's going on. So, like, M and 50, I know, aren't really in the, in the complete realm of possibility. Um, you know, I think that that's that's like other level stuff but snoop dogg i think could happen at some point um just get in with martha stewart and you'll get him yeah like <laughs> i feel like snoop is um like you could put his face in the dictionary next to the word rapper you know what i mean like he's just yep. so iconic like the oldest member of your family knows who he is and the youngest member of your family knows who he is everyone knows uncle snoop you're right, because uh, I guarantee you my 70-year-old grandma knows who Snoop Dogg is. 100%. <laughs> you know, and my my 10-year-old son knows who he is. So that's, that's 
funnier than shit you say that. Um, so then uh, my next kind of question I like to uh, ask, if you're stuck listening to one song, not on repeat, but anytime music's going to play, what's this song going to be? Oh, that's tough, man. Man, I, I don't know. Probably... Probably like, uh, probably like "Beat It" by Michael Jackson or Billy Jean. All right. One of nice those. and upbeat. Yeah, probably one of those. I feel like it would be hard to get sick of that. I, I can dig that, especially Billy Jean. Like that one's that's a, that's a definitely classic song. I can listen to that thing on repeat. Yeah. All yeah. right. Um, to wrap up the interview, then um, I'll give you seven words. To describe what you'd like to do with your music. Seven words. Um, seven words. Uh, uplift. Hmm. That's a tough one. I've never been asked that. Uplift. Uplift, um, respect, um, attitude, um, vibey, uh, I want to say like something like long lasting, like it will the songs will live on past me. Um, I may only be able to give you those five. I don't know. Infinite I, Lives. We'll steal that from Mega Ran. <laughs> I think that's one of my favorite songs from him. You know, music gives you guys infinite lives because it's going to live on forever. Infinite Lives, yep. That's a great I appreciate song. it. It is. Uh, so, Mr. Bag of Tricks Cat, I want to sincerely thank you for jumping on the Mountain Dew Review, letting me interview you. This is really awesome. Um, I This is probably one of the biggest things I've done. So this is super cool that you took the time to come on to this. Yeah, um, dude, I'm, happy to, I'm really happy that you invited me on it. And uh, we got to chat about some things, man. It's been fun. And, and I'm telling you, there's a bunch of promoters that'll be watching this here in Omaha. One of you bastards better get a hold of him and get him to Omaha. I'm like, yo, like just like we need him here. Book, next time you book Megaran or next time you book Whitney Payton, like just add me on. Like, you know what I mean? If you got like, Whitney coming, I have I have tons and tons of songs with Megaran, and me and Whitney got a handful of songs together. You know, we're and, getting Whitney here in like. Five days, I think. Six days. Yeah. Are you going? Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 I'll be there uh, doing a little bit of podcasting for it. Yeah. Wear your wear your bag of tricks cat hat. <laughs> wow. Yeah. One of my one of my oldest hats that I have actually. I bought that like five years ago. Yeah. Hell but yeah. again, <laughs> I want to thank you for being on, and I want to declare bag of tricks cat is officially. Tramp stamp approved. Tramp stamp approved. Hey, I like that official stamp. Um, I have a tramp stamp of a local band 
above my ass and I got it as a joke. <laughs> and so, like, seriously, like, they went out and, like, got a gold record for being a number one supporter here in town and shit. Like, legitly from the place that makes them. And, awesome. and so, like, I wanted to get a tattoo of them and I was like, what's their sense of humor? What's the funniest thing I could think of? And I was like, you know what? Let's put their name as a tramp stain. Then if if you would have told me like 200 people in this town would know me for a tattoo above my ass, but blew up into an official stamp. <laughs> but like great. I say, you live once and COVID taught me you better just enjoy it. So and roll with the punches. That's right. Like rock on. And again, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. We'll get this uploaded and we'll get a hold of you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Much love. Appreciate you, bro. Rock on. All right, dude. Be safe. Be easy. Keep it safe. See ya.